Hey everyone, and welcome back to the How to Write a Book podcast. In today's episode, I am thrilled to share with you my personal writing process. We will explore some of its evolution, as well as some of the key things that I tackle, such as brainstorming, organization, and of course, dictation to bring my stories to life. So I'm excited that this will be the first of the author series for November, because after this, we're going to be tackling a different author, speaker, coach every single day. And I'm really excited and I hope you like it just as much as I have. Let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Write a Book podcast, the show that helps you plan, write, and publish your book, even if you're a beginner or just feel like one. Now, for your host, she's written over a dozen books and helps others bring their books to life. Here she is, Maciel. Hey there, writers. Let's take a beat to talk about a special announcement. So November is your month of transformation. Get a one-hour coaching session with me by choosing one of these three options, or all three. Option one, join our Patreon for $1, which will support the show. Option two, book a $1 coaching session on coach.me. Option three, leave an Apple podcast review. Send a screenshot to my email and get a coaching spot. You can do all three and get three hours of coaching with me. Find all the links in the show notes. Act fast. This offer is only valid for November to celebrate National Novel Writing Month. Thanks. All right, welcome back and let's get started. So before I begin to dive into the details of this, I want to say first that I rely heavily on dictation. Um, I believe there's another episode about my dictation process somewhere in the archives here, probably in the 100s. And just to give you a quick summary, dictation was something that I really wanted to try because I loved the idea of the output. But also it was something that I kind of had to try in order to keep writing because I had my back injury and it was very hard for me to sit for long periods of time or stand for long periods of time or even lie down. So I would be constantly kind of in movement and the dictation device really came in and helped me. And so even though my process has evolved over the years, I've integrated it to where it is now. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to share my journey as a writer because it has been an evolving one, a transformational one. And honestly, I've come to this kind of structured writing process through my book journal because without my book journal, I wouldn't have been able to see some of the patterns that I was already doing wouldn't have been able to see some of the things that didn't work well for me. Um, Definitely saw the things that worked well for me. Um, And because of my notes and my feedback to myself, I was able to really hone in on the things that were working for my specific writing process. So thank you, Book Journal. Shout out to the Book Journal (laughs) for that. Uh, Which speaking of, I'm currently re-editing that book. It's about to go to an editor and I'm really excited because um, it's so far it's gotten some good feedback. Like um, somebody said that that they had never come across that before and it was very exciting and motivational and I was like, okay, great. We're on the right track. So that's awesome. So um, when I first started writing, I think I spent most of my time 
uh, really focused on, am I a plotter or am I a pantser? You know, should I outline or should I discovery, right? And (laughs) I think I realized that it kind of doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I know I'm going to break some hearts here. Um, It's whatever process works to help you finish your book. That's the most important thing is for you to finish your book. So I probably started my journey there, um, you know, definitely dabbling here and there, you know, some poems, poetry, short stories. And then I tried NaNoWriMo for the first time. And for several years, as some of my longtime listeners would know, so if you're a longtime listener, yay, thank you. Um, you know that like I actually started off very really dedicated toward discovery writing, writing into the dark. I followed Dean Wesley Smith's book. Um, that's a very good book, very like very structured. And I was like, okay, this this is my process. Like, this is what I'm gonna do. Uh, but unfortunately, and whether I was already this way or maybe I became this way over time. Who knows? You know, who really knows? I would have to like go back and watch my life and review in order to know what happened. But having to look at a book and be like, okay, now I'm going to wing it. It was very uh, stressful for me. So at first I was gung-ho. That's how I wrote my first book. Um, But after that, I just changed. I don't know what happened. But I, I suddenly felt a lot of anxiety it was very hard for me to face a blank page. Now, this is like a part where if you might be dealing with something hard in your life that's outside of writing, this could be affecting your writing process. And, you know, going back to my book journal, I realized that there was definitely a tie-in, right? So some of you know that I was going through a very difficult time in my life. A lot of events happened in a short period of time, and they were negatively impacting events different people, myself included. And it really felt like one thing after another, boom, 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 boom. Um, And I'll give you a summary because maybe you can relate to this. So what happened in a very short span of time was, let's see, I got into that accident, uh, right? Which was, which was the animal attack and then got a spine injury. Then found out my parents were getting a divorce. My sister was getting a divorce. My boyfriend broke up with me. Uh, my dear uncle uh, went to prison. Um, and well, now I had quit my job because I'd been attacked and I was in severe pain. Did not know why the doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. Um, I could barely walk. Um, and which eventually led to, you know, them finding out I had a spinal injury, you know, I went to a wheelchair for a while, um, extreme pain, you had people take me to the bathroom. So it was a very dark time, right? And honestly, I could say looking back, yeah, it was hard. But, you know, Maciel back then didn't know that there was going to be more. There was going to be more that happened. So going back to my book journal, there's this dark period that's happening. And at the same time, I'm still trying to pressure myself to write my book, right? Now, looking back, everyone, what I would actually tell myself, but you know, hey, it's too late now, (laughs) is I would say, you know, hey, Maciel, just sit down for a bit, just relax and tell yourself that you're going to get back to your book in three months, six months. Now, I know she wouldn't have liked that. She would have been like, no, no, I need to write, I need to write right now. I'm behind and, you know, I feel so much anxiety. And I'd been like, look it, you will serve no one by being in the mental state that you're in. You're going through a lot, there's a lot of things going on. You're physically in pain, you're emotionally in pain, and you need to take some time to really care for your mental health. That's the most important thing because without that, everything else becomes tangled like a web. And it can't be untangled until you face it yourself, which can be hard. And sometimes you don't know what to do without perhaps a therapist. 
um, or maybe self-reflection or an amazing support group. But that's what I would have told her. I would have said, you know, you know, please take some time for yourself and come back to your writing later with the confidence that, yes, you will get to your writing later. And you know what she would have said? She would have said, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I would have said, I understand that with the trauma that you've had. <laughs> you definitely have lost a few people since then. And you feel like things are short. But if it's for you, it's for you. And it will be for you. And you can come back to it healthy and happy. I think that would have changed my process. Because I think that looking back at my book journal again, the anxiety that I had not just with, you know, losing people in my life, but also uh, physical pain and things like that. Um, Somehow those emotions mixed with writing. And so writing didn't become a pleasure anymore, didn't become a dream. It was something that was painful. It was like, well, the next worst thing is going to happen. When is the shoe going to drop? Everyone will will think the worst of me. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm a fraud. I'm this. And, and you see how the thoughts spiral, right? Because you're already not in a safe space mentally and you go from zero to a hundred real quick, which I learned is um, catastrophizing thinking, right? Makes sense with, you know, certain trauma that happens. So as that process continues, the wall of blockage becomes greater and greater, right? So what was once joyful in discovery writing has now become painful because I can't face it the same way. It's different for me. And it's probably like any relationship, you know, like say someone hurts you, right? Or maybe you hurt someone else and you love them. You love them. They love you. But maybe now you feel a rift, you know, you feel not so sure, Maybe the trust isn't quite there. I think that's kind of what happened. And I think that's what can happen to a lot of people with their dreams, their goals, um, just even certain elements. I mean, imagine how many times, how, how simple is it that a certain smell can make us turn away in disgust or make us say, oh my gosh, that reminds me of home. A smell, a simple smell. Now imagine what your body and your mind can do under extreme stress pain, you know, et cetera. So the reason I bring that up is because you might also be struggling. You might be saying, oh, why am I not being a good enough writer? Why can't I just show up to my desk? But there might be something larger at work. You know, there might be more pressures on you that you might not really be considering. And so take the time to reflect and take the time to honor yourself. I would love for you to take the time to sit down maybe with a journal, sit down with a good book and just ask yourself, how are you today? How are you doing today? Yeah. You know, and and do you need to write today? Would you love to write today? Yes. Follow that. Follow that. If it causes you stress, let's figure out why. Let's take a step and say, you know, what can I do to to re-examine my relationship with writing. Okay, so that was a long-winded way of saying that <laughs> that my writing process has changed and I'm now more of an outliner. In summary, <laughs> 10 minutes in. Um, but I hope that helps somebody out there. So my writing process has actually changed a bit, but I still love the creativity, right? I am more of a sporadic thinker. I have a lot on my mind. So I want to capture everything. I'm like, yes, let's get all these juicy ideas flowing. I love it. Can't wait to do it. So now my writing process is heavily involved with dictation um, still. And it kind of looks like this. And I, I'm sure it's going to continue to evolve, like as most things do. But what I love to start off with is a dictation session. 
And I just go for it, honestly. Like, I'm just like, all right, what are we going to talk about today? And I'm just rambling. I'm talking about my day, talking about what coffee I had. I'm trying chicory root now instead of coffee. You know, that tastes really intense. Um, And then I just kind of start asking myself some questions, you know, well, what about this character? What about that character? What about this cool thing I once saw? Um, This might be a helpful time to bring out some photos I've kept or maybe a little writing prompts or ideas that I had. And I'll start rambling from there. And I let myself just ramble. There are no constraints. Um, I can explore whatever I want. And the reason that it works so well in dictation is because I've encountered this multiple times. I have a character for whatever reason. I'm kind of, I start in the story. I start to groove. I start to feel traction. It's going, it's rolling, it's moving. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're stuck in a cave. And I'm like, I don't know how to pull them out. But I didn't write that down, right? So I'm like, hmm, okay, well, let me go back to, I don't know, they were they were back in the, in the train station. So uh, maybe from the train station, maybe instead they, uh, let's see, maybe they, maybe they found a gem. I'm literally going, going off of instinct. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they found a gem. That's cool. I like gems. Yeah, that reminds me of that one cartoon where like the gems are actually people. Oh yeah, the gems people. Ooh, what if it's like actually, you know, okay, so that's me. That's me <laughs> going through that. And then I keep going and I find my way through the story like a flashlight in the tunnel. And it takes me, I mean, I try to keep it short. So 30 minutes to an hour of just brainstorming. I let that magic happen there because I want to explore stuff and I want to get some bones down. After that's done, I send that to a transcriptionist. I don't push that through Dragon because my notes in that kind of phase are extremely sporadic. It's very hard for Dragon to pick it up. But a human transcriptionist can hear my inflections and they can hear where I'm pausing. So it's way easier for my notes when I get those back because it's it's what's easy for me. When I get the notes back from Dragon, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what half of this is. But when I get my notes back from a transcriptionist, much easier for me to see what I was thinking, some really good um, notes that I wanted to jot down. And because it was a very quick brainstorming session, cost-wise, it's, it's really efficient. It's like an hour or less, which can be really helpful for, you know, later plotting. So now that I have that framework, I pick it apart and I find things that I like, you know, what things didn't work, what things definitely I would love to keep. Um, and I start highlighting, highlighting, literally cutting, and I start kind of reorganizing the story based on the structure. Now, during this time, I'm taking itty bitty baby steps because going back to, you know, the trauma of, of the writing relationship now, and I'm healing that, um, I have to take it super small. So whether that's like formatting a couple of things here and there, or maybe just doing one sentence at a time, I'm trying to make baby steps, which has been helping a lot actually, because once I get that rolling, then I can gain more confidence to keep going, which has been awesome. So now that I have an organizational part, I start asking myself some questions. You know, what do I feel is missing? I have a booklet of a hundred plus questions that I ask myself uh, regarding characters, setting, arcs, um, just to make sure I'm like, am I actually addressing things, you know? Um, after that, I retweak what I see again, and then I have a pretty solid outline. Um, and here's where I used to get really bogged down. I used to think to myself, oh my gosh, well, the outline's not perfect. I need to keep going. And now I don't do that. Now I send it to an alpha reader. Well, I have to keep it to keep it clean, make it clean, and then send it to an alpha reader. What I would like to do in the near future is I actually bought a software called Fictionary, and it's supposed to be a, a story analyzing software. Now I've bought it, but I haven't tried it. So once I actually try it, I'll like 
do an episode on that. But it looks super neat. And I think this would be really cool just to get like a first pass through because apparently it reads your story and it can tell like where the story beats are and it can tell you where you need you need stuff. Like, like actually, like, here's your story beat. Here's this. Um, so I, I'm like, this is awesome. So, um, okay, that goes to a reader. I get some feedback. Now I have an idea as to what I'm going for. So alpha reader first, because, you know, and I, it's, it feels so much better to say, hey, I have this story and, you know, I'm still writing it. It's a work in progress. Needs a lot of work still, but would love to have some initial thoughts. And that's when that's when that, that comes back because I don't feel so much pressure. You know, um, I do hire my alpha and beta readers. Some people like, they're like, oh, like, no, don't do that. But like, for me, I'm kind of like, I feel bad because, you know, typically, you know, you have a beta reader in the circles that I know. And if you have a beta reader, if they're doing it for free, either they really, really, really love you, which is nice, but their comments might be biased. Or they're doing it in exchange for you to also beta read their work. And I don't have that kind of time, y'all. Like it's it's like, man, I, I can't commit to that. And also I kind of need to turn around on this. So, you know, with hiring alpha and beta readers, I know I'm getting it back within a certain amount of time and I can plan for that. Okay, so then you do your initial notes, re-edit, and I actually dictate all my edits until I get to my final edits because it's easier for me to rewrite an entire draft through dictation than it is to rewrite from the computer or to enter in edits. Like that's really difficult for me. Instead, it's so much easier for me to grab my dictation device, start from the beginning of the manuscript and then go through and kind of work like a la mode. I can read it like a script, but I can also jump out and say, I'm going to add this part. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to reward this part so much faster for me. After that goes to another set of readers. Um, then we get those notes back and we can make those changes. Um, and then we're kind of in a much better state. Now, um, I do encourage you to kind of put it aside for just a minute. <laughs> and by minute, I mean, maybe a couple of days. I, I'm, I know some people say like, oh, like put it away for a couple of months or weeks. I do not have that kind of patience. I'm like, nah, well, if I put it away for a couple of days and maybe like binge watch a show or binge read a new series, the book is out of my mind. You know, like I'm totally, I have been consumed by another story. So I'm pretty fresh. Um, and then we go back in and we're sending it to editors. So um, that's a good, like, that's probably the best chunk because now I know that it has had a couple of reviews. So I'm trying to really aim for something that an editor can pick apart and it's quality for them. They're not just, they're not just looking at, you know, some very sloppy first timer mistakes that, you know, the beta reader cop, they're actually looking into the things that, that need to be addressed, that should be addressed, that, you know, can break the book. Um, and I very much appreciate that. And then of course I, I always do a final pass of, of editing, um, for myself. And I, I used to just edit all on my own, but I really, I realized going back to the relationship, the editing on my own, was causing a blockage because I would overthink and there'd be perfectionism. I'd be like, no, no, that's not, it's not good yet. It's not good yet. Or I'd give up altogether. Be like, you know what? F it. It's going out. Um, I barely edited it. And that was a regret too. And the reason that, that it was a little bit different for me, because I, I always recommend new authors and writers to get editors. I'd approach differently because I have the background and the degree in English. So I was, you know, thinking like, well, you know, hey, it's me. It's be totally fine. 
But I realized that having those different perspectives are extremely important, even with somebody who has the degrees to do it. Even if, because I actually work as, as an editor and now I realize that it's like, oh, okay, you, you really need to get somebody else to look at your work just for the sake of a set of eyes, even if you might even be a better editor than they are, which is not what I'm encouraging here, but you need the second set of eyes. It's important for your work. So I still do a final edit pass because I enjoy doing that and I like finding like little mistakes and stuff. Um, and then we'll go into like cover design. So that is kind of the, the overall process. Um, of where I am today. It's now a mix of outlining, but also kind of growing a manuscript. A little bit reflects the style of the snowflake method by Randy Ingramanson, um, but uses a lot of dictation because it helps me physically and it helps me to kind of just let things go. So hopefully that, you know, process was something that could help you. Um, and also, if it doesn't, just the inspiration, hopefully, of the, the first part, which is tackling any writing trauma, might be helpful for you as well. All right. Before we wrap out, I just want to remind you that it is November, which is National Novel Writing Month. And we are going to be having a daily episode with guest speakers and authors who will share their insights and tips to keep you motivated during this creative month. It's going to be an awesome journey. I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> it was so great, y'all. I felt so, so inspired. Like I was like, gosh, I'm infused with all these people. It's amazing. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of different people, a lot of different ideas from, you know, planning, publishing, cover design, things like that from uh, motivational speakers to coaches to fiction writers. So join me in the How to Write a Book podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can get the episodes daily. Also, don't forget to leave a review and enjoy the month ahead. You'll hear me in the middle of the, in the middle of the month. But until then, I'm wishing you the best. Go get them. Enjoy and happy NaNoWriMo. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the How to Write a Book podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you want to keep up with me and my work, check out the website, blackheartedstudios.com. That's www.blackheartedstudios.com. And follow me on Instagram, at Maciel Writes. That's at M-A-S-S-I-E-L Writes. As a book coach and publisher, I'm passionate about helping aspiring authors bring their stories to life. So if you've been dreaming of writing a book and don't know where to start, head to my website and let's chat. You get a free 30 minutes on me. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.